for the returning bacon. And it's like I was never gone, your knees. And this is Bacon and A's. You can hear the excitement in my voice. Cinco de Mayo edition. That's right. Ay, 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 ay. I gotta play a uh I gotta play a stinger that our our good friend sent me. Uh I'm not gonna ruin it. I'm just gonna play it. <laughs> I like that already. And real Mexicans celebrate Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> oh, okay, noted. <laughs> I actually don't know when this is going to go up. It's just the week of. Also, before I play this, uh, congratulations. This is the uh, one year of you being a co-host on the show. Is it really? Well, I mean, technically we never really had an official first week that you were a co-host. Huh. But... So around it, this time of the year, so I figure Cinco de Mayo is like the best day to say that it's yeah. the one year. So I would also like to say that I'm resigning what? from my duties <laughs> as How bacon, dare you? You've been gone a and month A's. and you're already resigning? Look, when you, when you join that commune life, I'm telling you this right now. Okay, we're going to get into that here in a second, but uh, we put a pin in that, all right? Okay. Okay, so here's the, here's the uh, stinger I wanted to play you real quick. Okay. Not not Sting. No, not the wrestler Sting. Okay. Hey, five listeners. This is Mike Davron from oh. Onyx Edge Studios from the Watchers on the Couch podcast. And I have no idea why you're listening to this podcast called Bacon and A's. But um, go ahead. Give it a go. Try it out. Why not? So that's so that's one of the many stingers that he said. I mean, do you want to hear a couple more? Uh, no, 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 no. We gotta just pepper those in. I like I like that. You don't want to hear one more like really quickly. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds to me you're really into having more Mikey D on this. So I mean, Tim sent me some too. Yeah, and there was one I put I already put on last week's. But here's another Mike one real quick. Okay. okay? Let me just pick one at random here. So when you, so when you say that they sent you a bunch, he I he basically sent me three minutes of stingers. <laughs> That's awesome. straight in a row. So okay, here's here's another one, and then we'll get into talking about your commune life for a minute. Let's see if it plays. This is Mike Daffron from Onyx Edge Studios from the Watchers on the Couch podcast. Do you like breakfast? For breakfast? For lunch? For dinner? Because Bacon and A's podcast is great at any time of the day. What do you think about that? <laughs> First off, so you see what happens whenever I'm not on here. We go from seven listeners to five. Right, yeah. Very, we're sinking, I mean, at a very slow rate. But we are singing. Well, now that I'm back on here, my parents will start listening again. You it, really think it, they will? No. It was, it, yes, it's my mom and dad. Those are the two? <laughs> Those are the two. It's my mom and dad. They were like, well, long story long. They disowned me for a little bit for that commune life. Yeah, so there's been rumors swirling. Uh, I don't know if you listened to that episode where we talked about that or not. 
Uh, but, uh, no, I was not allowed to watch television or listen to anything. I had to be completely disconnected from all things except for the Ranjish life. Ra- so. uh, I believe it's pr- it's not pronounced like that. <laughs> yeah. Rajneesh Param? Yeah, we had to change the name. Rajneeshi Param or we something We had to like change that? the name. Oh, okay. To? Rajneesh. Okay. That's not how you said it the first time. Because of religious bigotry. Sure. So, um, and just rednecks in general. Yeah, the episode uh, before that. So, so you are saying this is confirmed that you were, or maybe still are, a part of the Rajneesh. Still am. Okay, um, you like the Bhagwan, is what you're saying. Eh. You don't like. So you're in the Rajneesh, and you don't like the Bhagwan. I That's just wish saying? he would wash his genitals. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's dead, so I don't think he needs to wash his genitals anymore. Well, there's a new one. There's a new Bhagwan. Yes. This is br- breaking news, yes. folks. His name is Tej. What? Yes. Well, as they say, to, to each his Tej. That's it. Okay. Well, okay. So the episode before that, it was just me and Tim. Oh, I bet that was a fucking oh, snoozeville. Listen, it was fucking riveting because Tim destroyed every you game. Guys, you guys that I brought are to the table. so dry. No, not at all. And it was a great one. I I gifted him a signed photo of Michael Crichton, who uh, original writer of Jurassic Park. Oh, wow! How the fuck did I not know that? Yeah. Also, oh, wow. Some other stuff that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um. But in that episode, we floated the idea that you maybe don't want to go to Metallica because we're taking a train and you have a fear of trains. Is that true or false? Uh, Can you say definitively whether or not you feel fear trains? I strongly will not confirm or deny. Wow. Okay, so there's some issues there. Once again, I cannot there's confirm some, not, nor well, deny. By you being so fucking shifty about it, I can... Kind of. You say shifty, I say playing it close to the chest. <laughs> or vest, or whatever the fucking saying is. I think it's both. Okay. I think it's either of those. Well, either so, way. <laughs> to each is Tej. Um, what I decided, since Mike has come forward and said that he is also now slightly interested in going... Um, after saying originally that he was not interested. So give the ticket to somebody that is interested. It makes much more sense. Here's my policy on this so far, and we have 11 months to go. (laughs) Oh, God, it's so far. It is. It's really far away. Here's my policy. Whoever puts down money first is going to get to go. (laughs) So. Well, that will be Mike. Well, I don't know about that. Technically, since since I owe you money... Maybe you already have put money down. I've already said you don't owe me money. That was my gift to you as a friend. Okay. Well, since you did go on hiatus from this podcast to join a commune for a month instead of hang out with me. You know my favorite color is red, bro. It hooked me instantly. How into it or not into it are you with the uh, random... Uh, rituals of screaming and then lots of orgies going on. How into it are you into both of those or not into? Okay. First off, got to get some stuff out there. Okay. 
the guy that came in and did that whole like behind the scenes document like to like it was a smear campaign sure netflix that was it was it on, i thought it was pbs it was not uh, <laughs> well bbc technically they might have done a front line on it but uh and unsolved mysteries <laughs> update <laughs> uh, jimmy has joined the bagwan so um it's not as can you can we wrap this up soon we need to call somebody we have a guest on the show this week and okay so you're into it totes you definitely want to participate in those orgies i i mean there were no orgies or they just kept me out i i'm pretty sure they what? just kept me out of them seriously yeah Dude, nobody wants to fuck me. Not even the Bogwan. No. no. But the new I had Bogwan. To, but I had to wash his genitals. Well, you three times have, a day. I mean, you must have been and the they only stunk. one. Stunk. Yeah, I bet. You know, low man on the totem pole. Totally. Yeah, you I won't totem totally. Totes, my goats. Well, uh this has been an awesome intro segment. <laughs> We're not even to the meat of the show yet. No, not at all. Also, uh, com slash Amazon if you want to buy some Rajneeshi t-shirts. Uh, and yeah. let's, uh, let's... Us, the, the Raj Ganesh, we need a lot of, <laughs> we need a lot of support and money because fucking Bentleys are expensive. The Raj Ganesh? Yeah. How'd you know about the Bentleys? Did you watch it? Well, you had to originally. It, they were originally Rolls Royces, but w- we changed with the times. It's now Bentleys. Okay. Well, let's call our guest, shall we? <sighs> Do you want to play? You want me to play one more stinger before in the no. in the in between? No, let's get. To, let's. Get, <laughs> you're right. Different time zones. You're right. I should call him now. Okay. We'll be right back after this non-break. All right, on the phone today, we have returning guest, Thelmo Rigo, formerly of the Dream Theater Radio Podcast. We don't know if he'll ever bring it back. That's up to him, not us. Uh, I'm going to make him. Jimmy says he's going to make him do it. Um, If he doesn't, I'm going to blow him. (laughs) You can't blow me from the other side of the wall, bitch. Ah, glory hall. (laughs) Oh my god, the Mexican wall should totally have glory holes. Oh my god, the wall should have glory holes. They totally should. Yeah. Okay, but which wow. side but which side of the wall like is the dick go or is dicks going through both sides of the wall? So <laughs> well, like, obviously in that debate where the dicks. <laughs> so I mean they fucking works, you know what I'm saying? And they got that fucking good like Spanish pussy, so everything yeah. should work out great. Yeah, this whole conversation is going really perfectly for our show this week because it is the Cinco de Mayo themed show. (laughs) (laughs) Cinco de Mayo! I love Cinco de Mayo! Yeah, you're you're Mexican, right? What's that? (laughs) You're also Mexican, right? No, no, we, we kid, we know you're Portuguese. We don't know the difference, Ooh. but I know there is a difference. <laughs> well, well, here's the difference, right? Portugal, 
um, has its own area called Flint, Michigan. And and they fixed their water problem instead of bombing Syria for ten times the price. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so I know this isn't a political podcast, but the Mexicans like they got it right. Like they don't bomb nobody. They just make fucking chalupas and fucking they put extra chicken on their fucking burrito bowls at Chipotle. That and is fucking incorrect. life is good. You know what I'm saying? No, man, Chipotle is fucking... Chipotle charges 50 cents extra for a cup of fucking corn. Yeah, Chipotle is actually one of our ham and eggers on this round of... <laughs> uh, they're fake... I never corn. ordered extra corn, is that true? Yeah, man. What the fuck are you doing with the extra corn? Like, do you fucking use it as, like, a dip for your chips? It's but, like the like, one vegetable that I eat. And I get... Is it a fruit? I don't even know. It's a vegetable. Okay. That's not, that's not, that's not like a real vegetable. There's no, like, nutrients in corn. Corn's like bullshit. Yeah, and so is lettuce. There's no fucking nutrients in that either, especially if you get iceberg. That's all water. Celery. Exactly. Who the, who the fuck eats lettuce? You know what I mean? Listen, let me tell you why diets are bullshit, okay? <laughs> I added, listen, I added a salad to every meal and didn't lose any weight. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, fucking, maybe I was supposed, supposed to, to replace some of the other shit with the salad, but I just added the salad to what I was already eating. But yeah. when you add so a I guess technically of ranch I was consuming more calories salad. than before. But, I mean, it's all bullshit, dude. Instead of eating vegetables, I just started banging a vegetarian. And that makes me feel a lot better, actually, <laughs> as a human being. Uh Mexican news! Yeah, I should also say that uh, I don't think Mexicans have it completely figured out because lots of people getting murdered down there. Yeah, I actually looked at, uh, like, all expenses paid trip after after the whole uh, cheek swab test, spitting in a vial test came back. And I was like, I'm going, mm-hmm. to, I'm going to the motherland. I'm either going to Ireland or I'm going to Mexico. And as I was looking up trips to Mexico, I was like, oh, these are actually really affordable. Five days stays for super cheap. And then literally the next day, Cancun had 15 people murdered. Yeah. I was like, hey, hey, hey go to Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the difference, right? In America, people get murdered for seemingly no reason. You know what I'm saying? No, they get In murdered Mexico, for... For the right in Mexico, reasons. everyone who got murdered deserved it. Like they, they like they either fucking snitching ass bitches on the cartel, <laughs> or like they fucking wouldn't cook their husband's fucking chicken the way he liked it or some you shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? USA. So like USA. <laughs> USA one, every other country a zero. <laughs> and a wall. <laughs> Nobody in Mexico. Fu- Filed for bankruptcy due to medical reasons, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they just die. Fine. No, that, but that's, that's and they because got, you can and, just walk and into... And guess what? I had to pay extra to get a Spanish classical guitar. Do you know what they call those in Mexico? A guitar? They just call them guitars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's a lot less expensive when you take out all the fancy words off the title. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like we're really breaking some new ground on Mexican-U.S. relations on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but we do have to get into prepared topics today. So, because Jimmy and I, uh, because Jimmy and I rarely get to hang out outside of this podcast, 
I feel like bringing up a recent occasion where we were able to hang out mm-hmm. is a good idea. Sure. And uh, also, we brought you on the show because we know you like Mr. Mike Portnoy. So. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, you've heard of him a couple of times. He's one of those German dudes. Uh, Jimmy and I went to see Sons of Apollo, who... Sons of Anarchy. Who, yeah, he uh, in the uh, when we were off mic for a second, you called them Sons of Anarchy, which uh, sick burn, <laughs> by the way. Um, so am I, am, I, am I correct in assuming you are not a fan? Um, well... I'm not a fan for personal reasons, and I don't know. I think we discussed that on the last time we did a podcast together, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we mentioned it towards uh, the okay. end of uh, one of our okay. shows because of Derek being an asshole, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for that reason, I'm not a huge fan. But besides that, I also did obviously listen to the album when it first came out quite a few times, and for me personally, it got stale very quickly. Like I've had. No interest in listening to it again since, you know, within the first month or so of its release. Yeah, on on that note, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I never bought it, but I did listen to all of it on YouTube. Uh, mm. And what the, the redeeming factor I found in the album was the instrumental sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocals, definitely really cheesy. Mm. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But uh, yeah. but I really feel like this band was like, it, it, Portnoy kind of formed this after Winery Dogs had to split up or whatever because the main guy in that band didn't want to, he wanted to do a solo record or something like that. So it feels yeah. like this is sort of like their back burner plan and the music almost sounds like an uninspired dream theater so I feel like it all kind of goes together like it's not really the best thing that everybody could be involved in right now. It just sort of like is something to get them to the next thing, you know, in the interim time or something like that. That's all speculation on my part, but um, the music doesn't, it, it's like going, before going to the show, their original music was definitely not the factor that I was looking forward to. Mm-mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And now I have heard, and obviously we're going to discuss the show you went to, but I have heard they are phenomenal live. And honestly, at the level of instrumentation that they wrote these songs, there's no reason they shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Like the um, like all those guys on their own are, are way more talented than what I feel the collective put together. So if anything, they should be more on the boringish side playing the shit instead of like having any difficulties. So I would presume that the show should be excellent. Uh, my personal opinion, <clears throat> I went into the show only hearing one or two like songs. That was it. I didn't listen to the whole album or anything like that uh, because I'm not a fucking nerd like you two and I have things to do like uh, <laughs> like cutting grass and making pinatas. I got shit to do. <laughs> Alright, I got shit to do. Uh... But I went in, and I will tell you this. This is my personal opinion on that show. It started out decent, and then it got unnecessarily long. Well, let's 
Let's start uh, at the beginning and then kind of progress through the night. Okay. Because I took I took a few notes on this stuff. Okay. Okay. So Jimmy and our buddy Nate, who cried at the uh, the Neil Morris band show, I think we told you about that before. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy and Nate arrived to my apartment, and uh, Lindsay and I were also going, so we all rode up there together. Now, my kind of plan going in was like, we don't have to get there for the opening bands, because I've never heard of either of them. Uh, but we ended up getting there during the first band set, and they were called Sifting. Never heard of them before, but they fucking brought it hard. Yeah. They, they were the most metal band of the night, I would say. And, uh, in the traditional sense, anyway. And the drummer was, he looked and played exactly like an old Mike Portnoy. Yeah, like, that was weird. Yeah, it really was. Like, he, he looked like, uh, a Wake era Mike Portnoy, because he had, like, a beard, too, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway, they, they're worth looking <laughs> what into. What was the name of the opening band? They're called, uh, Sifting. Or Sifter? Sifting. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. I... Okay, I've never heard of them. Yeah, I, I hadn't either, but uh, they're they're pretty good. I they're would, all right. I would say check them out and see what you think. Um, better, a little better than the darkness. Yeah, the only note that I had on them it just says metal. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> hey, our buddy Clint Pagel, if you remember him, Chris, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I do. He, um, his band Dark Trilogy got to open for them when they played. I, I don't know somewhere around the Chicago area. That's pretty that fantastic. Cool. Yeah. I I know uh, from posts he's put online that he has opened for uh, Bumblefoot before. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that's pretty sweet. But uh, so during the first band is when we notice a certain crowd member, and I will, oh. I, I before I well actually before I get have to say this, um, it was the same venue as the Neil Morse band show. Mm-hmm. It was significantly less crowded, though, yes. and uh, and the entire area with seats was full when we got in there, and all it was all older dudes with their ladies, some of them, and they were all sitting down, okay? So, this is the kind of crowd that we're bringing to this show, is the older <laughs> dude crowd, and they all want to sit down. Yeah. So then we get to the front, and there's only like two rows of people in the front, maybe, and there's a big standing room area in the front that's all open at this point. So not looking good for attendance-wise early on, right? Yeah. Yep. So then we notice in the front row, there's a guy who is legit freaking out over everything that's happening. Everything. And... We get sort of a closer look at his face, and the first thing that I think, and then I tell to Nate and everybody, is that he looks exactly like Charles Manson. And he did. <laughs> so If Charles Manson didn't have a swastika on his face and drank Bud Light, yeah. and was three feet tall... Yeah, well, Maybe Charles Manson didn't die recently. But see, Charles Manson was taller than this dude. I'm and now he's you. like a roadie. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, if Manson was a roadie... Uh, well, I mean, he was a musician and, like, was definitely involved Yeah, he's in... the reason the Beach Boys failed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he did curse them. So, uh, we'll get to some more Charles Manson stuff here in a little bit. But, uh, that, so that guy was there, okay? So then Felix Martin comes out with his band. And, uh, I don't know 
know if you've heard or seen any of his stuff on YouTube, but he plays like a 15 yeah, string. Yeah, like a 14 string guitar. Yeah. yeah that guy's a fucking freak. Yeah, and he like, he plays it by like tapping the entire yeah. time. <laughs> it, he doesn't even own a pick, that cheap bastard. <laughs> he just taps it all. Oh my god. Yeah, he tapped and slapped his way through a fucking insane set that yeah. we did not expect. Like, no. I would I would uh, compare their band to like a mix between like Primus, Animals as Leaders, yeah, uh, stuff like that. It's just weird. And then the, when he talked between a couple of songs, he seemed like a really nice dude. He's like, "Hey guys, uh, this song, this next song, really hard to play. Uh, we have merch in the back. Uh, thanks." <laughs> like, I, okay, so we're so we're we're outside during intermission. And all of a sudden, I hear this, like, beautiful, basically, yeah, finger tapping. I'm like, maybe we should go in and check this shit out. And glad we did. Because, holy fuck, it was insane. All I'm saying is, as great of a performance as it was, he looked either extremely jet-lagged or hungover or something. But, like, anytime he would talk... By the way, his English is terrible. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. But he, every time... It's so he, racist. He, he would be like, <laughs> Oh, this song is about uh, Venezuela and uh, uh, prog metal. Oh, <laughs> well, he's, he's not French. <laughs> <laughs> French, Venezuelan, it's all the same thing. And then, Jesus, and then all of a sudden, the most insane, I mean, it was insane. Yeah, they were really good, so uh, I would say definitely check into their studio material. Uh, I know Marco Miniman plays on one of their records, at least, so mm-hmm. look into them. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Felix is sick, man. Yeah, dude, we I had never even heard of him before the show, which is why I was okay with going late, but we didn't miss anybody, and I know some people up in the merch stand were talking to him and saying, like, we came to see you, and now you're already done. It's like, well, like, set times change. Like, they did post set times before on Facebook or whatever, yeah. but they didn't stick to that, and then people missed out. So that's why you go to shows early. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, so now we get to Sons of Apollo. Um, our, our friend is like, dude, we can't leave after this intermission. I've <laughs> got to be in the front row. There's still only two rows of people down on the floor, so it's... And he's fighting to get... To, like, when... He goes up to Charles Manson and is yeah. like, Come on, bro. Let me get in here and, and, and rub elbows with you. And Manson's like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, shit. He's not... I, I remember those days when I was a young and... Yeah, well... Be up front. This is, yeah. what's funny is Nate is our age. He's not young. I mean, he's not super young. So, like, he's yeah. legit, he's he's stooping to the point of trying to trade a spot with Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> and he called us pussies because we were wearing fucking uh, hearing protection. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I play drums, See, so I know better. Uh, yeah, I discovered about a decade ago. That where you want to sit is right near the fucking sound man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that, that's where this shit's going to sound the best. Oh, totally. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I feel like Nate wanted to be as close to Mike Portnoy as possible. 
Because the last yeah. time he wasn't able to get onto the standing room floor, like it was all seated down there. So he was mm-hmm. definitely taking advantage of this maybe one opportunity he'll be able to be in the front row for Mike Bordenoy. I only took like one or two pictures because I'm one of those people where it's like, put your fucking phone down and be in the moment. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. the fucking like... The pictures that I took don't do justice to how fucking close we were. Yeah, no, no they never do. It was so. insane. That's why taking pictures of shows is dumb. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you want one or two for yourself, just to be like, yeah, I was, I remember that time, you mm-hmm. know? But besides that, there's no reason to do it. There's p- professional photographers there anyway. Yeah. And they're standing in front of my girlfriend. Oh, that's <laughs> fuck, Dude, you want to know something that really pissed me off, Thelmo? Okay. What's that? Chris's girlfriend is all of about four feet tall. Well, five, but yeah. <laughs> she's, like, I stand next to her and feel tall. That's how, she's she's a short one. In the middle of the set, me and her were rocking out like, like teenagers do and just standing there looking bored. And all of a sudden, this guy... With his fucking five cameras that he get, that he's got and his backpack with hydration water, like like <laughs> knocks her out of the way, like gives her an elbow to the face. I'm exaggerating, and just starts taking pictures. And she looks over at me and I look at her like, "What the fuck is this asshole doing?" And so I revealed at the end of the show. Well, first things first, I I like grabbed her and moved her to my left. And basically stood behind the guy for her so that she could fucking see because I thought that was rude. And number two, I kept, like, taking my finger and smudging it on his lens. So I hope a a majority of his pictures were getting fucking ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fine work. You fucking wet willy this camera. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Okay, so they played a couple of their tunes first. Yeah. Which, they're all right. They're not like like we like we were saying in the beginning. Nothing to fucking write home about, right? No, there yes. was something to write home about actually. Well, all the band comes out and they look fucking normal. And when I mean normal, I mean like they're aging rockers. They're trying to look like Motley Crue, but less fucking edgy. They're all just trying to look like rockers. Besides the singer, though, right? Oh my god. <laughs> And so, then fucking greasy-haired fucking Pablo Escobar comes Roman, Ra- Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. I forgot. forgot. He looked like Roman Reigns. <laughs> comes out, and he's got this shit-eating grin on his face. He has a corset on. <laughs> with Hot Topic pants, with 13 fucking belt loops that, like, hang down to his, like, ankles, with mm-hmm. rings and studs. But for some reason, they had elastic around the ankle. So they were shoe hiders, but they didn't hide the shoe because they tightened up at the bottom. So they were kind of like, so they were kind of like parachute pants. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to trip on them. That was the idea of all all black getup and white shoes. <laughs> yeah, he so he definitely has some interesting stage attire. I, I it's really weird. He had the scarf on the whole time. Yeah, he, he the Jericho scarf. He also uh, he had some outfit changes. He did change into a uh, uh, like a basketball jersey yeah, or something yeah, at one point. Yeah, that said Sons of Anarchy on it. Sons, well, <laughs> wait, did you just say he had some wardrobe changes? Yes, yes, he did. He did. He did. What the fuck? 
Who does that in this day and age? What are you fucking? He was the most basic bro on the entire fucking stage. Yeah. So okay. So Thelmo, the like I said earlier, the lyrics are super cheesy. His entire thing on stage is like yeah, and like stuff. He does shit like that. He's a hype. Yeah, and he goes whoa, whoa, and like he does a lot of this cheesy '80s shit. And you know, if you like that, you like that. But I don't. So that's uh, that's. he must have learned how to rock out from fucking Ying Vey Mousy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, so, also, uh, I, there's a couple other things I want to mention with the singer before we move on to other mm-hmm. stuff. Hauling um, my Portnoy's drum set? Yeah, okay, so at one point he jumps onto the drum riser and lays sideways across the drum set so you can't see Mike at all. Uh, so that, are already I'm like... This fucking guy is blocking Mike Portnoy at the Portnoy show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's the, the Portnoy it, I mean, show. That should be the name of the band. It, I know it's, it's the Portnoy band. band. That's what it is. Um, okay, so then he also goes on for about a two-minute rant that he loves vodka, and in the course of getting ready to do the next song, he's spilling the vodka everywhere. So, like, if you love your vodka so much, why the fuck are you spilling it all over the stage? You know what I'm saying? The guy was just yeah. kind of annoying. And, you know, you look at his face and you're like, you got a douchey face. You know? Yeah. So. Hey, like, you, how does hey you know what I've noticed? Bands with shitty music have to do dumb shit on stage to hold your attention. His you know dancing. Oh, my God. He did like, some dancing. He did some. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though, but they... You know, they got to make up for uh, shortcomings in other areas. Yeah, exactly. Like, like fucking Blake-182. Like, they had to, like, run around naked for anybody to fucking <laughs> sing their lips. You know what I'm saying? So, like, All the small kind of things make idea. so much sense now. Oh, shit, they're talking about their dip. <laughs> so, okay. So, we've been shitting on this show pretty much from the start, but... There were some good stuff that I want. There was some good stuff I want to mention. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I didn't look at the set list, but one Dream Theater cover did get. Well, it's kind of a cover, I guess. I don't know because Portnoy was in the band and Derek was in the band. But anyway, the first Dream Theater cover they played was not one that had been mentioned by anyone or that was online at all that I saw, and it was just let me breathe. Um, <laughs> now. Just Let Me Breathe is not one of the songs that I would pick out, like, if I was making a Dream Theater playlist, or, like, if I was if I was going to pick an album to listen to, it isn't the one with Just Let Me Breathe on it, right? But, Bumblefoot brought the fucking backup vocals hard, like, he, Bumblefoot was the higher pitch vocal of the night, which, uh, I didn't, really? I did, yeah, I didn't yeah. expect that at all. Whenever they, whenever there's like a key change verse or something, it's either I think it's in Just Let Me Breathe. There's like a bridge or something like that where there's a higher toned vocal going on. Yeah, uh, I'm I might be wrong on that, so you know whatever people. If you're drummers like, don't know shit about music yeah. anyway. So. All I know is he took over the vocals that were higher in pitch for the majority of the evening, and when he nailed this fucking James Labrie vocal, I was like. Holy fucking shit, Bumblefoot just nailed the Dream Theater vocal. That's fucking awesome. Then he proceeds to destroy the guitar solos, fucking nail them. Yeah. I mean, I Thelma, like, if you would have told me 
however many years ago that Bumblefoot was in Guns N' Roses, that I, one day I was going to be front row or close to it and see Bumblefoot play Dream Theater songs live, I would have been like, you're fucking stupid. Get out of my face with that. But I got to give him some credit, I dude. I absolutely agree with you. Bumblefoot was my definite like star of the night. Above Portnoy. Above even. Portnoy. Absolutely. And that's crazy because you know me. Going into this, I was like, I fucking hate Bumblefoot. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Bumblefoot fan. But he brought it hard. He fucking he did. And yeah. he was interacting with the crowd. Yeah, he like, at one point in the show, he got on his knees and had people just like strum his guitar while he held like a jazz note or something. Yeah, it was fucking, it was, <laughs> it was kind of cool. But, but, uh. But yeah, so the other Dream Theater cover they did was uh, Lines in the Sand, which also, not on my favorite record, it's on, on the same record as uh, Just Let Me Breathe, but fucking Bumblefoot, again, destroys the fucking guitar solo, and the whole time I'm smiling ear to ear, singing along to every fucking James LeBrie lyric that I can remember from that record. <laughs> I was going to say, which is not. Right. Yeah, uh, so... Those were the bright spots of the evening. Uh, also, another thing I wanted to mention from the singer, which we're really shitting on this guy, but <laughs> well, they they did a couple of Queen covers combined. It was ugh. it was Prophet song, which I didn't even I don't even qualify his cover of that as a cover. It was just him doing like looping vocals and not very well. By yeah. the way, no. Uh, <laughs> after they did Prophet song, they did. Uh, save me, but they did it with just Bumblefoot on guitar and him doing vocals, and that song requires a very powerful chorus, like, with guitars and a big, like, monstrous guitar solo, and, um, it just didn't have the balls that you or, want like, in yeah, that song. The, like, the keyboard's playing strings in the back, yeah. like, you need something. You need, well, you it just... Was, it was missing a lot. Yeah, you, I'm, like, just when they got to those choruses, it just... Fell flat. All right, so Thelma, check this out. He goes. He gets up on. St- he gets up on stage, and it looks like he pops a handful of crack cocaine or something. I couldn't tell what it was, but he's putting it in his mouth and he's chomping away and snapping his fingers. He's like, "Yeah, I'm the fucking shit. Here we go. This is my part of the night." Because everybody had their own solo, except Porno. Except Porno. Yeah. Uh, so that's super gay. Right? It is. <laughs> uh, that's also super 90s of you to say that. Well, what was the singer solo? Was he this just is, like, what? He gets, he gets up, so Portnoy's like, so I just want to let y'all know uh, this guy's the shit and he's going to do his own stuff now. And then he goes off on stage to pet his dog or whatever. And, and he gets up on stage and he's got one, one, like a spotlight on him. And he's like smacking away at his gum. He's like, I got I don't know if you can tell, by the way, I sing all night and shit, but Freddie Mercury is my fucking jam, okay? I am so fucking awe-inspired by him. Like, I do everything the way that Freddie Mercury does, and <laughs> I'm going to give you... Including banging guys in there. Oh, my God. It's, it was awful. And then he, like he's like you were saying, he did this whole loop thing where I was... I It was the... No, there was two parts of the night where I... I was holding back yawning. I'm not joking. Mm. That was one of them. And then the second was the absurdly long Pink Panther uh, segment. Yeah, the Pink Panther thing was also unnecessary. But uh, it was jammy and it was kind of cool, but it was funny to watch the one kid in the show that was 14 years old. 
and like all these 65 year old people going, but um, but um, but um, and he's like, I don't have any idea what the fuck is going on. It was hilarious. But no, wow. he, get, he, he gets up on stage and he starts belting oh out my God. this Queen cover. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it was awful. Well, see, the thing is, like I said earlier, they didn't have the full band doing it, so that's why it kind of sucked, really. But also, he's asking the crowd to sing along to, like, a beat. So, it, I mean, it wasn't really an American hit for Queen. Save Me is not a song that everybody knows. So, like, you're asking the the, the crowd to sing along. Most, of, I'm sorry, but most people don't know the lyrics to Save Me. Fat Bottom Girls! Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone like, sing along to this Queen Deep Cut. From yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was the B side of another song we never heard of. Fuck, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, so yeah, so hey, hey, before you guys go any further, uh-huh. I mean, there was just so much information there that I have a few comments that I need to get out before I forget. Yeah, get off your dick, bro. Number one about Bumblefoot. So I have a couple of thoughts here. Number one, I actually totally agree with you guys that Bumblefoot is probably the most talented guy in that band, and I'm not really surprised that he stole the show. Um, however, number one, as impressive as, uh, you know, as it is to do a Dream Theater cover and do it well, not many people can say that they can do that. But we're talking about Falling to Infinity songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's no. like Dream Theater light, in my opinion. I, I mean, those solos are, like, way easier than anything else on any other Dream Theater album. Like, I was much more impressed with that other kid, um, Eric, who did, like, all the, um, you know, like, a Mike Portnoy Shattered Fortress shows. The solos and the music that Eric Gillette had to learn for the Shattered Fortress stuff is way harder and way more impressive than the fucking Falling to Infinity shit that Bumblefoot had to learn. Like I said before, I don't know if you call it, but that, you know, Falling to Infinity is like dream theater light. You know, that was them being suppressed by everyone to try to write pop songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Bumblefoot's super talented guy. I actually enjoy a lot of the solo albums. And I'm not taking anything away from him. The guy's a great guitar player. Now, another thing about Bumblefoot that drives me nuts like, like, I personally, like, I've listened to the whole Sons of Apollo album, and I don't hear no fucking fretless guitar. Like, anywhere. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck he does with that other neck, other than, like, finger himself with it during the show, but I, like, I have no idea why he has a, fret, like, a double neck, 30-pound fucking fretless guitar on that looks hard as fuck to play. Well, I think it's uh, more for looks than anything. He does switch between them uh, during the show. During the show, I think it's just more of a show-off thing. See, it's not really to like play uh, fretless solos or like have a certain sound or anything like that. I think it's just to show off that he can go between and play solos on either whenever he wants. You know what I mean? Billy, Billy's bass—it wasn't fretless or anything. There wasn't an extra string. It was just two four-string basses. So I was like, what, what? Well, he probably tunes them differently. <laughs> that's the only thing that exactly. I think Exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's my point exactly. Like, you know, like, if you're switching over to fretless constantly, but you're playing non-sliding things, you're just, like, playing chords and shit on the fretless, like, what's the difference? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely not much of a difference. Uh, 
I I definitely uh, on your previous point about him though I definitely agree with you that like they could have for sure played more difficult songs I going into this I was shooting high with the Derek and Mike Portnoy combination and like wanting like a change of seasons or something like that you know what I mean because that's that's next level soloing and like uh, you I I think that would be I mean. Even that compared to what Gillette had to learn, you know, obviously it doesn't compare. And, um, you know, the Gillette stuff that they did on the Shadow Fortress is definitely more heavy metal than Falling Into Infinity uh, songs. But, but yeah, and all that's fine to say, I definitely agree with you. I would have preferred to see them play some of the heavier shit. And, like, there are Dream Theater songs that would have challenged Bumblefoot more. But... Given that Portnoy and Derek are back together, they needed to play. They should play like their songs with Dream Theater, right? They should. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But they could have picked like Hell's Kitchen, Peruvian Skies, sections of um, Change of Seasons. Like, yeah, I, like I don't disagree. <laughs> I definitely don't disagree with you. But I had never seen either of these songs that they did play, so I. I actually was kind of pumped and pleasantly surprised, even though they're not my favorite. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If you end up well, being able to see them play those, it, it might interest you a little bit anyway. So, um, yeah. Can I say that? But now, now that leads me to one other quick point, though. Sure. But, um, um, you know, you know, first was the Shadow Fortress shows, and he did a whole tour playing Dream Theater music, and. Now, like you're playing with Derek Sheridan and you're playing a couple of Dune Theater covers now. Like, it's been eight years since you've been out of Dune Theater. Can, like, after this tour ends, can we please, like, never play Dune Theater again? Like, like let it go, man. Well, <laughs> you know yeah, I think, I think that poor Noe doesn't forget what brought him to the party. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he wrote those songs. He did, he, and yeah, he did play a part in writing the songs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could probably take it either way. If the band's originals were stronger, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, if, the ba- if 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 Sons of Apollo's originals, and for my taste, were stronger, I would be more comfortable with them not padding the set with Dream Theater stuff. But given yeah. the situation, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm definitely glad they played even like some of the. Not as exciting Dream Theater songs. So. Here's here's my here's my other little thing. I am definitely siding with Delmo. Um, first off, I knew nothing about. I, I I had no idea that Derek was talking mad shit. Like, yeah. Before, and I'll tell you this right now. After watching that, after watching that, as shitty as Trans Siberian Orchestra was on stage. Holy fuck, he pissed me off, Derek, pissed me off the entire set. He was standing up there, like, jerking off his own dick, being super pretentious. Yeah, he has a smug look on his face oh the whole time. Oh, my God. Always. He always fucking does. Well, yeah, I... And then his and then his solo. Oh, let's not even get into that abortion of fucking music. <laughs> Holy shit. He fucking filled the air with keyboard What I want to know, what I wanna know is, why the fuck does he have random gear all around it? Like, I was watching a video on YouTube... And this dude is like fucking uh, guitar amplifiers and shit. Like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I think the <laughs> like, are you plugging your keyboards into those like hundred watt angle amps? 
Like, I don't understand, like, well, why pretty, they're surrounding you. Yeah, I think Jimmy just said, I think uh, the organ was was coming through one of those uh, amplifiers uh, that are behind him. And then um, with just the, I guess, the amount of gear that's on stage, like one of the guitar amps is maybe behind him or something. I, don't, I actually don't really know. I wasn't paying that much of attention to that. Um, but I do know we did keep we did uh, make a new term at the show, which is keyboard smoke, uh, because while he was playing, they it was one of the only times that they like piped in the the, the smoke on the stage. So uh, to me, and that that just accentuated his smugness. It was so touche, <laughs> and that's how he would say it too. Touche. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. But what they did, did, they did... His, his black power fist at the end? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what the fuck, man? Well, the, the end of his solo led into Lines in the Sand, so, like, a, a minute or so of his solo was acceptable to me, just the tail end, because that was the build-up to Lines in the Sand, but besides that, yep. I could have done without that, too. The one person we didn't really mention that much is Billy... Um, killed it, by He the way. fucking killed it. He, killed did, uh, it. he did probably, like, a five-minute solo... And that motherfucker can play some bass, dude. Yeah. But, once again, yeah. the thing that was weird about it is he's like, he's like, oh, he's always doing the fucking, like, the baby seal or the, oh, head. he's like, ah, 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 ah. He has some head movement going but on. But, it's crazy. He's wailing away on the bass, and then, once again, he switches to a different neck, but you don't hear anything different as far as tone. I just, it's, it, may, it may have been in a different tuning, but, like, it, it, it didn't come off that way. That was just more of like, check me out. I can jump. I can jump. Yeah, I think uh, he's... Um, I, I think uh, his style of solo is just like, go. Just like, balls to the wall, go. And see, see yeah. what I can fucking throw out there. And yeah. it's less of a uh, uh, a piece. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like a, like a written out piece. It's just like, fucking watch me... Light this motherfucker on fire. Yeah, there should have been some bass smoke and less fucking keyboard smoke. Holy shit. Billy was fucking awesome. Okay, so... He is such a good bass player, but I feel like he's made some poor, like, career decisions the last few years that don't really fit him. You know what I mean? Like, I love Billy Sheen and, like, Mr. Big. I love when he used to play with Steve Vai. Like, it was incredible watching those two guys kind of go back and forth. But then, like, you know, in, like, all that kind of, like, old-school 80s rock shit, David Lee Roth stuff, like, it was fucking awesome, you know what I mean? And then, like, he joined the Winery Dogs, which, to me, just seemed to hold him back, in my opinion. Like, he wasn't able to be, like, Billy Sheen. And now, in Sons of Apollo, in this kind of more metal context, I just, I, I, I don't know, it just seems forced to me. It seems like... Mike was just like, I want Billy Sheen in this band. Like, I can't think of a single guy who plays, you know, metal bass more than Billy Sheen, other than, you know, every fucking metal bass player that exists on Earth. Um, you know, so I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but to me, I feel like he's really joined a couple bands that don't suit him well. Well, uh, like we said earlier, I think that this, for for him and for Porno, you know, he ended up being the fallback plan band. And, like, he just uh-huh. sort of went along with Porno because that just felt like what he should do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's with, what I'm saying. On the first Winery Dogs album, there are some bass breaks on that that are, like, next fucking level. So, you, I don't, I can't quote song titles off the top of my head, 
But I do remember listening to that and being like, God damn, Billy can play, you know? Because that was the first time I really ever, like, and sat down and listened to Billy on a record, so... It's New Level. It's it's a Pantera song. Oh, New Level. Yeah, I forgot he did that awesome New Level Pantera cover. <laughs> um, so there's a couple other little things I wanted to mention from the show, and then we'll move on to the games, because we are we spent a lot of time on this show. Actually, this, this set is going maybe longer than their set. <laughs> no. God, no. I'm not even... Dude, okay, check this out. I'm not kidding you. Now, mind you, this was a orthopedic shoes-wearing type of fucking... Like, that's how that's the type of people that were in the crowd, and then there was us. But Billy, at one point, was on stage, and you could almost see... Like, someone was, like, pointing to their watch, like, Hello! And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> He literally said um, that. I'm not joking. I don't I don't I didn't see that at all. Oh yeah, it was there was a whole bunch of stuff we talked about the show afterwards, but there was a bunch of it that I wanted to keep to myself. Yeah. Like my favorite part of the entire night was I was in such a perfect spot. Like I was trying to put myself cuz I wanted to just be as close to Portnoy as I possibly could. I don't need to fucking suck his dick and I don't need to get his autograph, but like I wanted to be as close to him as possible. And Every time he would fucking hit his kick snare, the porthole was like right at my face and I could feel his fucking, like, the wind coming out of it. Kick snare? Yeah. <laughs> his kick snare. Fucking coming out and hitting me in the face. It was I, uh, I was right behind you and I actually felt the, the, the wind coming from his kick drum. Oh my which god. Which, that's the... It's a kick snare. No, it's not a kick snare. Um, okay, <laughs> so the... That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was pretty sweet. Uh, the other, the other couple things I wanted to mention really quickly. Um, I believe it was right after the Bumblefoot solo, they brought out um, Portner's dog. Mm-hmm. Um, to which there was a dog chant started yes. by my girlfriend Lindsay, and at least half of the crowd that was in the front started chanting, "Dog, dog, dog, dog." <laughs> So, uh, that was really funny and interesting part Bumblefoot from the show. Bumblefoot got a kick out of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then, then uh, they did, he did bring out his dog for the, uh, the bows at the end of the show, too, which we brought back the dog chant, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I wanted to mention at the end of the show, which we're gonna, it's gonna go out on a negative, and I'm sorry, but it has to, because this is how the show ended. So, poor Noy, after everybody's done doing their bows and everyone else has left the stage, he has a drumstick in his hand. And what he's doing is going, like, back and forth across the stage looking for somebody that he wants to hand his drumsticks to, right? So, he's acting like he's looking, he's going back and forth, and then he fucking has this weird look on his face, and he... Turns around and throws the drumstick back behind him, behind the stage, behind all the equipment and shit. And then walks off the stage with his dog, never to be seen again. So, here's my question to you, Thelmo. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. Is this, here's my question to you. Dick move or not dick move? Um, I would call it both a dick move and shocking. Like, yeah. being a Mike Portnoy fan from the Dream Theater days... That guy was all about his fans, right? Yeah, and so, I, th- this is what I think, it, and he did give a dig at St. Louis, by the way. 
He did? Oh, you don't remember him saying that? They were, they were trying to get people to sing along, and he's like, man, we got much more love from the Portugal people, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess we're spoiled. Well, yeah, see, the thing is, like, down where they were touring, like, South America or something like that, they sing along yep. to everything. You know what I mean? Like, they sing along to riffs. Even if it's, like, a new fucking band, they sing along to everything that's happening, okay? So then they come to St. Louis. Yeah, but that yeah, but that doesn't count because they're all unemployed. It's way easier to pay fifty fucking pesos for a fucking show than like a hundred bucks or whatever the fuck you got paid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it definitely wasn't hundred <laughs> it definitely wasn't hundred bucks. Uh but 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 here's the deal, is like going into shit like this, I know like People sometimes on tour, you just have a bad day or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and like guys that guys that live in a fucking big ass house and they gotta humble themselves and get in a bus and go on the road and play to sometimes half empty houses. St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you gotta play in fucking bumfuck St. Louis and you don't got a full house like you do in Portugal or whatever. Tough break, man. That's just how the fucking game works. Sometimes you got a bad night, but you don't take it out on the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, if- well, Chris, let me ask you a question, right? Um, you have a job, right? Yes. And your and your job is is working overnight. Yes. And getting forks out of bathrooms. <laughs> that's a, that's so a story let me ask we can't get into. As, so, as someone who works overnight. I assume you have a lot of days where you just didn't sleep the way you wanted to or whatever, and you really don't want to fucking go and do your job all night, right? Yeah, I mean, Um, it's not like... But you still do? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Now, fast forward to Mike Portnoy, I would say, since you're a musician and I'm a musician, we would much rather have Mike Portnoy's fucking life than the life that we currently have, right? Um, so for him to be a dick to the fans is fucking bullshit because when Chris didn't get enough sleep and he fucking has to go to work, he doesn't grab a his fucking lunchbox and throw it over his fucking boss's head towards the fucking equipment <laughs> because he didn't like their fucking face, Right. Um, I'm assuming, otherwise you probably still wouldn't work there. Yeah, I mean that's a that's an interesting analogy, <laughs> but but yeah, I like that's kind of where I'm coming from on this. Is like no matter what happened in your day, like I, fuck. I mean, he has his dog with him on tour. His wife was walking his dog. Like he's he's actually got a pretty good deal on tour right now. Like he's. I'm sure he's got his own fucking back lounge and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're lucky enough to get to tour and see your fans. I just feel like if you have a bad show, like, play like there's there is a full house. And um, and I got no complaints with how he drummed all night. He was fu- he was spot on with everything, mm-hmm. as far as I could tell. But but you know you you can't do douchey stuff. and here's my final thing on this. At the end of the show, you never fucking leave the show on a sour note. Ever. And I know that as a performer, and I haven't fucking toured very much at all. And I know that. I know that. Even a local, yeah. local band knows, like, don't fucking go at... 
don't go to the front of the stage and give the fucking fans a thumbs down as you're leaving the stage. Like, that's the you just don't do that because you should be eternally appreciative to anybody that comes and sees you play. And you should be giving out your entire fucking collection of drumsticks if you can. You know what I mean? Like, that's just where I come from on it. Now, like I said, yeah. he could have fucking had a bad day. I'm sorry, that's not really my concern. I, But I, I get it if that's what it was. But if it wasn't that, then I don't get it. You know? Yeah. I had such a bad day. I only made $50,000 for playing two hours tonight. Like, such bullshit. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I don't know if that's fair either. There's definitely no way he made 50000 Say Say what? Can I interject another view really quick? Yeah, go ahead. No. <laughs> One, you know, you know, and this comes from the heart because everyone knows I love my, you know, Mike Portnoy, right? So I've kind of noticed over Mike Portnoy's career that he is actually one of those types of people whose personality changes depending on who he's with. Okay, so with Dream Theater because I feel like they're very professional and they love their fans, that's the vibe that he gave off. I'm professional and I love my fans, right? With Neil Morse, or when he plays with a Neil Morse band, I feel like he's super, like, full of gratitude and humble and, like, loves, you know, performing and everything because that's Neil Morse's vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sons of Apollo... You know, you hang out with a dick, you become a dick. Fucking Derek Sherinian. I mean, that's some shit I would have expected him to do. So I'm not surprised that being on a tour bus with him, driving around the country, Mike's picked up on some of those traits. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, that's certainly it's possible. It's really strange for a... I mean, first of all, it's strange for a 50-year-old man to, you know, to be so undeveloped you know, emotionally, you know, by that age, like you should really be solid in the person that you're going to be by that age, I assume. But like, it just fucking makes no sense to be upset with what, that not enough people came out. Cause it sounds like they played okay. Right. So yeah, it's no, not like he fucked up and he's mad at himself. He, it seems like he's mad at the crowd size, which fuck you. How many shows have we played Chris where Basically, the only people in the audience are the other fucking band members and their girlfriends that are playing, you know, that night, too. Like, don't be a spoiled little bitch because only, like, you only filled up half a stadium. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, I mean? and that's all That's all speculation on my, like, it's. it just seemed like that's what it was. By, and Jimmy was there, too, so he could kind of, like, I think Jimmy agrees. That's kind of how it seemed like he was acting, and that's maybe why he did that. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but like we'll never know at that point. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But but that's the only thing I could think of. They were just coming off a South American tour, like you said. Yeah, where they were playing to fifty thousand people every night. Yeah, and now they're coming to St. Louis, and that's the other thing. When he was here recently with Neil Morris, that place was completely sold out. Everyone was, every, I mean, there was, there was like five guys doing too much metal for one hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were, there were grown ass men in the back crying. It was, this was compared, this show was a fucking turd compared to that one, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, and actually. Yeah. Was, but, yeah, but Sons of Apollo is a fucking turd compared to Neil Morse band. 
So, like, you fucking get what you get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it ain't, like, it know, ain't all on us. Know, like, if crowd size is what's important to you, you should have never left fucking Dream Theater, who sells out every place that they play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like I said, I don't know for sure that that's what it was, but it definitely seemed like that. So that's that's No matter what his reason, no matter what his reason, like you literally make money because your fans, who mostly you gain during your dream theater years, continue to support you. That's why you can jump from band to band to band and you're the headlining act. Because guess what? Felix fucking Martin has been making music a lot longer than Sons of Apollo and and you know why are they not opening for him because you're Mike Portnoy your whole son gets a chance at a music career even though everything I've heard from next to none is garbage but he gets to play fucking prog festivals and travel the world why because he's Mike Portnoy's son so I think you owe a little more gratification to your fans than fucking being a dick you know what I mean I hope, I hope when he went backstage, he shoved that drumstick up his ass. <laughs> uh, that's gonna end our. Uh, that's gonna end our Sons of Apollo review. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Not going no, on listen, this listen, hour I there. love Mike Portnoy. I really do love Mike Portnoy. I, I love what he's done with Neil Morse, and that's kind of it, really. I like, you know, like I don't care for his album with Adrenaline Mob. I don't like winery dogs. Um, it's kind of like Neil Morse has been his saving grace, I think, since leaving Dream Theater. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, that's my favorite album that he's done after Dream Theater as well. Um, they, yeah. I mean, that... Splying Colors is good, though. Splying Colors is pretty good. Uh, I, when you compare the two, I take the Neil Morse out. Like, Absolutely. Similitude, double album... Oh, is fuck. is yeah. is like light years beyond anything he's done in years. So, yeah. also, um, I agree. I, I I blame Mike Portnoy for the astonishing. If he wouldn't have left them, they wouldn't <laughs> have made that shitty ass fucking record. Well, I don't think it's that shitty. <laughs> it's fucking awful, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll agree to dis- yeah we'll agree to disagree on that one, man. It's cool. Um, I think that album. It's cool. Great. You guys can like shitty music all you want. What? <laughs> Uh, oh, before we close up this Sons of Apollo thing, also I have to mention, Charles Manson shit his pants. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Oh. He shit his pants? All of a sudden, all sudden, we're rocking out, having a good time. Like I said, my arms are crossed. I'm tapping my toes, so that's me having a good time. Next thing you know, I'm like, what the fuck is that smell? And he gone. Yeah. Charles Manson ran away, <laughs> and he smelled like shit. He, I'm pretty sure he didn't come back. Yeah. He, uh, are you sure? <laughs> hang on, hang on. Are you sure himself. it wasn't the fingers singing that fucking stunk and he, he just left because of the smell? No. He could dookie himself. <laughs> wow. He really wanted that front row. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I'll even shit myself right here. I'm not really going to nothing. <laughs> okay. So, Moving on. Do you have time for two games? I do. Yeah, let's get to some fucking <laughs> games. Since you guys uh, both bailed on me a few weeks ago at least, and then haven't been able to podcast for like a month, oh, I've man. had this game saved up since the last WrestleMania. Oh, God, okay. Um, Thelmo, the, uh, the theme of these two games we're about to play is this. 
You are going to get sent stuff in the mail no matter what happens. <laughs> Whether you win or lose these games, you will be sent things in the mail. And we would like you to film it as you are opening it and then send it to us. <laughs> Uh, I'm you, good. Okay. They uh, call those unboxing videos. Yes. And and also, uh, <laughs> we now have a verbal agreement, which uh, in the eyes of the law is a contract. So binding, bro. Um, this game's called "You Can't See Me," and I'm we're we're gonna play this game under the assumption that neither of you two know the results of WrestleMania. Am I correct? Yeah, I pretty much don't. Yeah, don't I have, I have, I haven't watched WrestleMania since '97, so I think you're safe. <laughs> oh. So you do know that Stone Cold. Oh, oh, but when the Hardy Boys beat the fucking Dudley Brothers in that table letters and chairs match, that was fucking epic as fuck. I just want to throw this in right off the bat, but but now you may continue. Okay, okay. Thank you for allowing me to continue. You guys are going to go head-to-head on this, okay? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the participants of a uh, selection of matches, and both of you get to guess who won said match. And uh, for okay. each one that you guess correctly, you'll get a point. Okay. Okay, so we have the... Ta- the uh, Tag match of Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Who do you guys think won that match? Uh, you want me to go first? Uh, sure, you you yeah. can go first. Okay. Uh, could you repeat those names? Because I've never heard of any of those four wrestlers. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I'm going to go with Shane McMahon since he's the fucking owner. I was going to go the other way. Uh, Thelmo, you got that one correct. Damn it. Jimmy, you did yeah. not. Thelmo is in the lead early. Okay. We I have, remember when Shane, Shane McMahon was just a wee little lad. Shane McMahon uh, handily won that match by jumping from Coast one turn. Yeah, to one oh. turnbuckle and smashing a trash can into someone's That's face. A, Shane's got two go-to moves. He's got the coast-to-coast, and he jumps off really tall stuff and always misses and breaks the Spanish announce table. That's what he does. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter if he's at the freaking Titantron. He somehow manages to jump all the way across the ring and break the Spanish announce table. That's what he does. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Okay, so... He is a Trump supporter. Then we have uh, John Cena versus surprise participant... The Undertaker. Oh, shit. Well, I was going to go with John Cena because it's WrestleMania, but now I'm going Undertaker. Thelma, who do you think? I'm also going Undertaker. He's too old for John Cena to really punch him in the face. <laughs> okay, so in a all-of-two-minutes match, The Undertaker won that match, so both of you guys got a point. Hold on. Undertaker, that was... Undertaker jobbed out and squashed fucking John Cena. Uh, well, if he jobbed out, that means he would have lost. But, no, uh, he jobbed out John Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Holy shit. Yeah. Listen, listen. Undertaker's been fucking hosed since, like, 1978, and John <laughs> Cena always finishes in two minutes. So I have no surprise <laughs> that Undertaker beat his ass. 
So now we have the mixed tag match between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has to. It's her first like. Has to be Ronda Rousey. Yeah, it's her first big event. Uh, all of a sudden, you guys know all kinds of shit about wrestling when both of you said you did not watch it. I didn't. I did not watch it either. But can I just mention it as a side note? I feel like I've always thought this, even back in like 97 when I watched wrestling. Stephanie McMahon looks like she can suck a mean dick, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, like, if she's oh sucking. God, look at those fucking lips. Listen, if she's like, sucking God, Triple damn. H's dick, then she is sucking a mean dick. <laughs> Oh, he's he's the game. <laughs> I mean, it's no surprise that Triple H's finishing move used to be to shove your head between his legs, grab your fucking arms, and drop you on the floor. Oh my god! So I think he learned that from Stephanie. Wow. Do you, do you think that as soon as like the bedroom door shuts, it's like turn to play the game? <laughs> fucking all of a sudden he's he's doing the windmill exactly. with fucking Lemmy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys were correct. Okay. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Angle won that match, and it was actually the match of the show, surprisingly enough. Really? Yeah. Definitely gonna watch that on the WWE Network. Which I don't have. Which you do not have. As a side note, it's kind of sad that Ronda Rousey's gotten her ass beat so many times in real life as of recently that now she has to go to fake fighting, but anyway. Yeah, but she's really good at it, so... It, it actually works out pretty nicely in her favor. Ken Shamrock did it. Uh, Dan Severn did it. Yep. I guess in a weird way, Kurt, Kurt Angle, Angle did, did it. it. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Let's move on to the U.S. title match, shall we? Okay. This is a four-way match between oh. Rusev, Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, and Bobby Roode. Who do you guys think won that match? Thelmo, you can go first. Say those names one more time for me. I didn't catch any of those people's names. Rusev, Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, or Bobby Roode? I'm going to go with Randy Orton because that's the only person I recognize. God, on damn it, I was going to say that too, but I'm going to go with Bobby Roode. You're both incorrect. Damn. It was Jinder Mahal. Ginger Mahal? That's right. He is redheaded. No, he isn't. <laughs> uh, women's title match. Okay. The daughter of Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, versus Asuka. Ew, I'm going with Charlotte just because I hate Asians. <laughs> what? I'm going to go with Sable. <laughs> we need a actual answer. No, he said Sable. That's final answer. What's the, what's I'm the going with... I'm going with they were like super boring and both Sable and Lita kind of slid in on their wheelchairs and like <laughs> beat the shit out of both of them. <sighs> All right. Well, neither of you got that correct. God damn um, it. Especially since, <laughs> especially since Thelmo did not give an answer. <laughs> How are they going to give it to somebody that eats fucking bubblegum squid ice cream? I hate Asians. Moving on. Currently, Thelmo is in the lead by one point. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, how is that fucking possible? I literally haven't watched wrestling since, like, fucking Stone Cold beat Shawn Michaels at fucking WrestleMania, and and this is where we're at. Like, come on, man. you got to step up your shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch WWE. We got three, we got two more matches to go. It's, it's, it's more like... Isn't it WWF? I'm so confused right no, now. No, it's WWE, bro. You're yeah. thinking of the World Wildlife Federate Foundation. They had to get the F out. Yeah. 
<laughs> get the F up. I like it. Yeah. The, Moving up. <laughs> that was an actual thing that they did for a while. Yeah. When they had to switch it. Okay, so anyway. Uh, Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Finn Balor. Uh, I hate The Miz, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go Seth. Seth Rollins. Or should I say Tyler Black? I'm going to say Tyler Black. <laughs> no, Seth Rollins. Uh, I'll the... go with Seth. Okay. I'll go with Seth. I don't know I don't know any of these people are. The last Intercontinental Champion I remember was Kurt Angle. So. <laughs> well, you guys are both correct. It was Seth Rollins. Yeah. There is one more. Wait, I thought he... Ch- wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought Jimmy changed his answer to the other guy. No, <laughs> he what he did is he did some real nerdy wrestling shit, and he said uh, his old wrestling name because when they get to WWE, they have to switch to their WWE wrestling name. It's some fucking stupid shit that Jimmy did. Don't worry about it. Uh, you're still been, you're uh, still winning. That's yeah, the important. You're still winning. Okay. You're still Charlie Sheen. In the this dog. is going to determine who wins the final fucking round. Okay. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Brock. <laughs> I hope the mic caught that. <laughs> uh, that is correct, oh, and that means you. Thelma wins. But as we specified before, you are getting stuff in the mail no matter what happens. So, Of course they wouldn't take it off the guy that refuses to work more than three times a month. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, uh, Thelmo, <laughs> based on not watching wrestling for uh, 11 years, you have won the wrestling game. How does it feel? Is it really only 11 years between 1997 and now? It's 2018. Nope, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely wrong. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm old and it's been a long night. Um, when, you, when, you still, <laughs> when you still think the 90s were only five years yeah, right What now. do you mean? What do you mean it's only 2018? I wish someone went back to 97 and told me not to record Risk. Okay, so anyway. now we're going to play... Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite games ever. Two rounds of everything but... Oh, two rounds? Uh, I don't know, Thelma, if you've listened to the podcast recently. Um, nope. Oh, oh, well, nope. thanks Call a lot. Me. Thank you for that. Call um, <laughs> this is a fairly new game that we like to call Everything But, and I have two movies here. We're going to do uh, two separate rounds for this. Jimmy is going to have a uh, VHS movie in his hands. You can ask him anything about the VHS besides the title, and you have to guess what the title is, or we are sending it to you in the mail. And if you get it right, I'll keep it. So, so let me make sure I understand. So I ask questions about the VHS, like the movie, yeah. or like the cover. The cover of, of the, the movie, movie has a bunch of shit on it. it. Has you know some shit on the front, some shit on the back. He could tell you anything about it besides the title, and then you have to guess what the title is. Okay. And how many questions am I allowed? Uh, we'll give you a reasonable amount of time, and then I'll say your guess, please. Or something like that. So, anytime you want to start okay. asking okay. questions, go ahead. All right, Jimmy. How many characters are on the cover? Um, I would say one. One, okay. 
Is it a male or a female? Um, it's uh, neither. It's, it's, yeah. It's a... It's a neither. Yeah. It's, it's a beast. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's a what? It's a beast. It's a beast. Okay. Um, is it... Is it a new movie or an old movie? Uh, this movie is from 1980. I would, I would dare say it's a classic. Okay. The 1980 doesn't have a human on the cover. Um, is it a horror movie or an action movie? Ooh, that is a good question. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Is the creature on the cover Freddy Krueger? Well, you, I mean, you can't ask questions like that, but no. No, it isn't. I'll allow it, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you can just ask can what the creature like is. <laughs> I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you this because you haven't asked it yet. There is a uh, quote on the back of it, and it says, One of the best werewolf movies ever made. Los Angeles Magazine. Oh, my God. I, can't wait. I hope it's Teen Wolf. Alright, um, let's see. Werewolf movies, huh? Shit. That's a genre I do not usually watch. Let me think here. Does it star Michael J. Fox? It does not star Michael <laughs> I'm J. Fox. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, let's see, wolf movie. <sighs> Nineteen eighty. You had to pick some shit before I was even born. Oh, bitch. Um, All right. Dude, I really cannot think of any werewolf movies from that long ago. Well, there's still plenty terrible, of questions you can ask. Yeah, there's. You can, he can have him read anything from on the box. You can ask for the people that are in it. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. Who's in the movie? Uh, okay, so it's starring uh, D. Wallace, Patrick McNee, Dennis Duggan, Christopher Stone, Blenda, some kind of ski name I can't pronounce, Kevin McCarthy, John Carradine, oh, <laughs> and Slim Pickens. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know. Since I don't know any books. of those fucking people, I'm gonna pretty much assume I have zero shot of getting this right. So why don't we? We're gonna need your guess. We're gonna need your guess immediately. Then. Hold on. Uh, Van Van Helsing, starring starring Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is a good guess, but that is incorrect. <laughs> that is incorrect. I was actually hoping to keep this one because I am a fan of this jam. Yeah, this is a movie called The Howling. It is uh, the quintessential uh, werewolf uh, change, like uh, special effects that you'll ever see in a werewolf movie. Yep. Uh, you'll get a chance to watch it, assuming you have a VCR. Because <laughs> it's coming your way! <laughs> it's coming your way. Okay, so now we have the next... Uh, Video, which is a DVD. Now, I'll give you some background on why I picked this DVD. Oh my god! Um, if you if you've ever been to a local like resale like CD store, or DVD store, they always have a bargain bin, and this was in the bargain bin for two dollars. 
And it was the it's movie price to two dollars. They had the it was the movie that was the one they had the most of, <laughs> uh, which is why I picked it. Um, nice. I feel like this is pretty much impossible for you to guess, but if you do guess it. Then it goes in my collection. Then it goes in Jimmy's collection, and he has to watch it. So yes, that's, I, <laughs> I've I've decided that uh, that we're going to change the rules a bit. Okay. And basically, how we're going to start doing this from now on is because I've decided I'm no longer collecting certain things. Okay. And I want to start collecting my movies again. Okay. So this is a really cheap and inexpensive way for me to start filling in movies. Sure. If people get them right, because then. That's that's a bad because some of these movies are gonna be so bad that I don't want them in my collection. Yeah. But if people get them right, then I have to watch them and put them in my collection. Yeah. So it's a punishment on me as well. Yeah. This is definitely one of those movies that is so bad you don't want in your. Collection. I don't want it. But. Uh. So. Uh. Thelma, go ahead and start asking whatever questions that you want. Huh? What year is the movie from? Uh. This movie. This uh, horrible, horrible masterpiece. 2004. Okay. And who is it starring? Ooh, you've got some uh, some good names here. Dennis Quaid, Scarlett Johansson, and Topher Grace. Hmm. Okay. And uh, what? how many characters are on the cover? Uh, there are three characters on the front cover. It is Scarlett Johansson, Topher Grace, and Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And then, and then I'll, Johansson. I, I will give you. I will give you uh, the back cover as well. It has Topher Grace and Scarlett Johansson, and then Topher Grace and then Dennis Quaid and Scarlett Johansson in scenes from the movie. Um, tremendously entertaining, says Leo Rosen of People Magazine. <laughs> Would you like the synopsis on the back? Because you can ask for that. What, would I like the what? Would you like the synopsis on the back? Because I can read that to you. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Dan Foreman, Dennis Quaid, is a loving husband, caring father, and star ad executive. But now, life is putting him through the ultimate test. Uh, Carter, Jesus, what kind of name is Derea? A young hotshot half his age has just become his boss. And to complicate matters, Dan discovers Carter is dating his daughter, Scarlett Johansson. It's filled with genuine laughs, and you're in good company when you watch this entertaining comedy that Rolling Stone calls hilarious. So, Um... Uh, Exclusive special features on this DVD, deleted scenes, real life, an inside look into how some of today's most successful businessmen got where they are today. Uh, I want to stop you for a second. So, here's a huge hint. If you were listening closely to his synopsis, he said the title of the movie in that blurb. Mm Could you read the synopsis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't allow that. I cannot do that. Um, do you have anything else you want to know um, about the cover? There is commentary with Topher Grace and the director. What? Yes. 
So if I watch this, if he somehow manages to get it, I have to watch it with the commentary on. Dear God. Uh, soundtrack oh. is on Hollywood Records. You got any any clue about this movie, Thelmo? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Let me see. Um, he's Googling is what he's doing. Ooh. Who is the other two actors again besides Scarlett Johansson? See, I think he's Googling right now. Dennis Quaid well, go- and Topher Grace. Dennis Topher Quaid Grace. Topher. Uh, the who sto- the fuck is Topher Grace? Like, what else is that? That 70s show. He, yeah, he was a uh, red, or not red foreman. He's Eric Foreman. Eric Foreman, that's right. On uh, that 70s show. Red Foreman was the racist oh, guy. In, oh, uh, fucking, uh, um, fucking, um, he, he was like the worst Spider-Man villain in history yep. when he played, um, Venom. Yeah, he played Eddie Brock. <laughs> Is that him? Yep, that's the same guy. Uh, okay. It's a long game of Spider-Man. Um, so... The obvious answer is in good company, but I'm going to go with The Avengers Part 1. <laughs> he Googled this shit. You son of a bitch. You, fi- you finally... I totally, I totally Googled that. So yeah. I well, you... I mean, I respect your ingenuity. Uh, you are the only person to cheat on this game so far. <laughs> even though... Even though... I don't believe playing this game before that I've ever said please don't cheat or anything like that. I think because well, normally we the person's in the room yeah. so they can't Google in front of us. Yeah, we uh, a previous guest oh, uh, a previous guest Andy on our show uh, I think was on the up and up about it. We just had to hope they didn't cheat and I don't think they did because I, I ended up giving them the movie. So anyway, uh you did guess it correctly. I was going to say, has anyone actually won this game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Pickerel guessed which uh, um, James Bond movie that I wh- that I had, which is insane because there's like fucking 25 James Bond movies. Yeah. So uh, No, you actually just fucked me because I love every James Bond movie ever made. I own them all. I would have absolutely won any of those questions. Well, I'm glad that I didn't bring a James Bond movie. Uh, instead, Jimmy <laughs> has to watch a far shittier movie. God, yeah. Um, because we are not that sending, we're not going to send you that, but we will send you the werewolf movie, which is pretty sweet. Hopefully, you have a VCR that still works. Um, I do not have a VCR. Well, you're, that's your problem, not ours. Um, we. I will. Um, I will YouTube the Howling, and I will watch it on there. Well, no, you can you you can go to Goodwill and get a VCR and then watch it on the, v, VC, the VHS <laughs> on the VCS. Yeah, you, well, you get what I'm saying. Uh, we have one more thing we have to do before we wrap up. Instead, okay. instead of getting a ham and egg from you, I wanted to allow you uh, a, your very own segment on the show. This is a segment that I like to call, like to call ripping the Band-Aid off. Okay, now. Jimmy hates talking about politics. This is a thing that we definitely don't do on our show ever. Um, but since we know you like to go on your Facebook rants about politics, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you rip the band-aid off, and I'm gonna give you a total of six seconds to say anything political that you want. 
How many seconds? Six. Six seconds. <laughs> okay, six seconds. So, we will be completely silent for six seconds, and then we will make you stop talking. And I'm not going to give you a countdown or anything. I'm just going to say go. So, on your mark, get set, go. Donald Trump has a really small dick, and he absolutely colluded with Russia, and he's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> and um, that was ripping the Band-Aid off with Thelma Rigo. Thelma, thank you for being on <laughs> Dude, the Dude, I like the new segments you guys have added. I got to... I gotta like take the time I'm fast forwarding through metal up your podcast and add it to my bacon and maize time. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you would just if you would just listen to the podcast like while you're driving to the next showing of the house you're selling, you would get so much more done. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I understand the life of a realtor. You're spent mostly behind the wheel, <laughs> but you'd be listening to super sweet true. podcasts. Yes, like our podcast. Our podcast, we're your friends. You should support us. I feel like it just makes sense, right? 100%, man. That's why. So why don't you guys have a Patreon? I would totally support you guys. Well, um, technically we do, but nobody really gets on there. Um, We do, however, have a BaconAce.com slash Amazon page, which... I'm sure you're a human being that lives in America. You fucking use Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so just next time you go use Amazon, go through our baconaise.com slash Amazon link. And uh, that shoots some uh, fractions of pennies towards uh, Tim Pickerel's way. He's (laughs) the guy that sort of produces our stuff. So... uh, you can do that uh, until we... We don't really have any incentives for our Patreon, so that's the thing. Is like, uh, there's, yeah, there's no real reason for people to do it besides, like, out of the goodness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm having some crazy fucking troubles here or something. I don't know. <laughs> the well, uh... But, um, the what only the thing... What I going to say? The, um, you, uh, your fucking Patreon, right? The reason why no one's donated... Is because you don't spend the first and last thirty minutes of your show talking about it. We should do so, that. You're right. You know, you got to learn from other successful people. And like, how to do like, it. oh, oh, like last <laughs> podcast on the left, we could do a shout out segment at the end and basically shout out the names of all of our Patreon supporters, which would basically be Diane Lopez and Jim Lopez. <laughs> Pretty much just my parents. <laughs> yeah, pretty much your parents. I'm a trust fund baby, what can I say? Right. <laughs> I get paid in pesos. I call people realtors when they're not. You're all fucked up, Jimmy Lopez. <laughs> well, uh, the only thing you missed while your phone was all fuckered uh, is that we were telling you goodbye. And uh, we were oh. also saying uh, thank you for being on the show. And well, that's about it. It's a pleasure. It was uh, a pleasure. This is like my three-peat and easily the worst one I've done. So, I don't know about that. I mean, that remains to be seen whether or not it is received well or badly. Um, if we get them five listeners, I mean, you're good to go. Right. And also... Cool, cool. Also... Uh, I, will make my, I will make my wife, children, and parents listen to it. Probably so should. I, I, I wouldn't let your thing. children listen. To I don't. I don't think that's a good idea. But I do think you for sure should send me your mailing address. 
And uh, don't say it on the air, but uh, <laughs> off the air, let me know what your mailing address is, and we will send you a bunch of shit that you don't want. Perfect. How can I argue with that logic? Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See you later, buddy. Bye. Bye. Well, that's Thelmo. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone forever. R.I.P. Thelmo. R.I.P. Thelmo. Can I just say I am kind of bummed that I don't get to keep the howling. Well, I mean, he said he'd watch it on... On YouTube. On YouTube, so you don't necessarily have to send it to him. When you said, hey, get some stuff together that you want to send to Thelmo. Yeah. I have something that's really good. Okay, sweet. Uh, but I also kind of want to save it for... I, I don't know. Maybe I'll show it to you off mic. Okay. I can show it to you on mic. It doesn't matter because we ain't on camera. Yeah. But this is so good. And uh, what I could do is gag gift the Howling and you keep the actual VHS of the Howling and I'll send him the box with something else in there. Maybe he never even looks at it. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta have... If I can put something stupid in but there. you gotta have the cardboard... Oh, my lord. What? There's tape on it for... There's, like... Dude, ew. I watched it, so it works. No, no, no. It's, like, werewolf hair that's been taped to it. Oh, my God. Oh, and there's some little bit of werewolf blood on this. Don't know why I'm getting it. It's fine. Okay. Uh, do you want to do some ham and eggers at the end here? I did, and I had one prepared, and it is gone. Oh! Uh, I'll just say my ham and agar is, uh, fucking keyboard smoke. <laughs> Sweet. And mine is Charles Manson, of course. Of course. Uh, that's gonna do it. See you next time, everybody. Uh, bye.